Welcome to the Business That Matters Spotlight. I'm Warren Coughlin, founder of this podcast and business coach to ethical entrepreneurs who want to build a business that matters. In short, I help you end chaos and gain control over your business so that you predictably and reliably achieve the profits, the lifestyle, and the impact you strive for through a team you can trust without the stress and frustration. When you experience this, you're more confidently able to make the world or just your corner of it a bit of a better place. At The Spotlight, we believe that every entrepreneur has a unique message that can positively impact the world and inspire others to do the same. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Hello, you're listening to the Business That Matters Spotlight. I'm your host, Warren Coughlin business coach to ethical entrepreneurs who want to build a business that matters. That's one that generates a lot of money for the owner while making the world or some corner of it a bit of a better place. And what we want to do here is profile ethical values-driven entrepreneurs who are succeeding to serve as inspirations for others. And today I am hosting the dynamic duo of Courtney and Dana. That is Courtney Hopper and Dana Cadwell, founders of Hustle & Gather. You know, it's really something when you can find a business partner you sync with so well that you pursue multiple ventures together. But when that partner is your sister, that makes it even more special. So (laughs) Courtney and Dana are founders of the C&D Collective, which is a group of event planning professionals, the Bradford Wedding and Event Venue, Anthem House, a luxury wedding planning company. They also have their own podcast called Hustle and Gather, and they do business consulting for others in the hospitality industry. So Courtney and Dana, welcome to the spotlight. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're so excited to be here today. Yeah. Thanks oh, it's for the my pleasure. welcome and the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit. How did all this start? Like two kids growing up together somehow come in to be business partners. Like, did you always have entrepreneurial inclinations or did it, who, who first said to the other, let's go into business? Well, it was kind of in the cards for us. Yeah. We come from a family of entrepreneurs. I think mm-hmm. that literally my whole dad's side of our family, they all own businesses, yeah. multiple businesses, or that's how they made their money was in an entrepreneurial way. Um, but they didn't make it look easy or <laughs> like something we wanted to jump into when we were younger. So it wasn't ever, I thought I was going to be a doctor. I, I wanted to be a teacher. I want to be a teacher. So. We both have degrees in science. Yeah. Uh, that was our background. Mm-hmm. So we definitely wasn't like, a, oh, we're going to go into business together from mm-hmm. the time we were little. It just kind of happened naturally. We were um, looking for a venue for Dana's wedding. She got married young. I got married younger. She always likes to point that out, but we were both young. <laughs> and at that time, you have like 1,000 people who need to How, attend y- how young is young? You, have, you know, your parents, friends, and I was 20. I was 22. Mm-hmm. I had just graduated from college and got married and I was just smart. I was yeah. younger when I got married. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's flip flop now. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> meaning Dana's a smarter one, but anyway, uh, at that time we we're looking for a venue for Dana when we were planning her wedding and we just couldn't find anything that like fit the bill. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a ballroom, like at a hotel or a tent in a backyard. There really wasn't anything in the industry that was um, what she was looking for that would accommodate everybody indoors. And we were just kind of talking one day mm-hmm. that was like, Dana, you know, it would be fun is opening up a wedding venue. Wouldn't it be so exciting? Yeah. And she was like, sure. I very much am the, uh, I just appease her all the time. So <laughs> I just say what I need to say either to get out of the conversation or just be like, yeah, sure. That's fine. So that's how that lunch ended. And I was just like, okay, whatever. And then I get a call the next day and 
she's like, and we had in the, in the lunch, we had decided that we didn't know enough about the industry that we should be wedding planners we because for market research, market research to figure out mm-hmm. how to open the best venue. And the next day she called me and she's like, our friend Megan's getting married. I called her. We're going to plan her wedding. And I was like, oh, okay. So you were serious in that lunch. <laughs> This um, is what appeasing you. Well, how will I end know, up running right. several businesses and on podcasts? I, have, I so. have learned. Yeah. Don't appease. <laughs> yeah. But, and then it just kind of took off from there. We did that for about six, seven years. And um, in the meantime, started having families. And I think family was more the priority and just kind of slowly built this business. It was extremely organic. Um, and then we had a really great few years we had kind of some excess cash and we kind of reprised the conversation of buying some land and kind of just went off from there. And now we're here. Yeah. Nice. And how is it, how does it work out working together? Like what are your complementary superpowers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes they're superpowers. Sometimes they're not very yeah. complimentary, <laughs> but, um, I think it's really interesting working with uh, a family member or someone that you care so much about. Mm-hmm. Like they always say, you know, business isn't personal. Well, it is personal a lot of times when you're working with a family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being able to kind of separate those things can be difficult, but also it gives you a lot of safety. Mm-hmm. Like you can explore new, crazy stream of consciousness ideas about the fear of judgment. And I think it makes us more innovative mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. So Courtney's definitely yeah. Yeah. So Courtney is definitely more like the visionary. She kind of, uh, like I said, she always says like the top down view of things, which I think right. is very true. I'm a little bit of a safer person, so I don't like to take risks as, as much as Courtney does. Um, and she has these great ideas and a lot of times they are great ideas. And there is, I can see that, okay, this, this will work well, but her idea of how to get from A to B, it doesn't make any sense. And so I'm like, okay, well, Court, this is great. Like we can do this, mm-hmm. but in order to get this done, we have to do A, B, C, D, F, G. And before we can get to H. And so it definitely like I'm a little bit more of like the organized, like she calls me her dog. Like I just get shit done. Yeah. Um, and you know, Courtney just definitely has more of a, and I always, I feel like very much like, I can see where it's going, right? Mm-hmm. What's the next step? What's the next thing we should be doing? And just keep, the, a, keep the shit moving forward. I'm not the rower all the time. Right. That's a remarkably strong um, complementary set of skills, actually. There's a there's a concept out there called like the visionary and the implementer on a two-person team. And it sounds like you mm-hmm. two have that kind of nailed. Yeah. Yeah. And it does create some friction because sometimes, you know, I, I do have ideas and, um, it's hard to sometimes get your ideas in there. And sometimes she has, uh, thoughts on how the process should go. And so sometimes you kind of feel like, like a dude, you're stepping on my toes. Like that's my job, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and a lot of times like we, we verbally process together, like we are verbally processors. So there's a lot of bickering that goes on. There's a lot of like, uh, heated conversations. Cause we just both want to make sure we're doing the right thing. And a lot of times what I think is right is different than what she thinks is right. Um, so it takes a lot of, a lot of conversations. I'm talking, find, I'm talking. I, I, I had a business partner years ago and we had a version of that. We were both very strong sort of personalities and we would, we, we made a rule. We would never fight in front of the kids, which was sort of like the, the staff. Mm-hmm. Cause we had, but always what happened is we would we sort of that. fight, fight, fight. Mm-hmm. But what came out of it was something better than what either of us had come up with at the beginning. Yes. You find the same kind of like, it's a, we always say that 
the constructive it is. Criticism. It's always, it's never yeah. like 100% the way you thought it was going to go. Like if you present an idea, it's like, I think we should X. Then Dana's like, well, that's great, but I think we should Y, or I think we should implement it this way. And it always comes somewhere in the middle, like where it was a stronger and better idea than either one had at the onset. So I feel like it makes for a better outcome. Mm-hmm. And end. you find, I think for that to happen yet, a couple of things have to be there, right? You, ha- you have to have respect for each other. And secondly, you have to have within yourself mm-hmm. the ability to separate the issue from the person, right? To be able to say, we're arguing over the topic, not arguing each other. Oh yeah, sure. There's definitely been times in our partnership where we were arguing each other. Like we couldn't yeah. talk about a topic without bringing up something ha- that happened personally, or just you were in the mental space to even like be in the room with that person. There's times where I'm like, I am taking my computer and I'm leaving this office because we share an office as well. Like I can't even sit beside you right now. Yeah. And you're absolutely <laughs> going to the group office. <laughs> you're absolutely correct that it, it came down to respect. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think in any relationship ebbs and flows and there's things, and especially when you deal with so much, it's not just business, it is personal. We're raising our kids together. Our kids are all like within like nine months to 16 months apart. I mean, oh, wow. we are like, we are well submersed in each other's lives mm-hmm. and there always comes conflict out of that. And there are disagreements and it's hard for that not to cross over into business and for you to have that when she has this great idea and I'm just being sour because I don't like her at that moment. So I'm like, that idea sucks, but it really is a great idea. (laughs) And I just don't want to admit it because there's that personal boundary or I guess wall that is struggling between us. So yeah, but I mean, we, we work through those things and I think it makes us stronger in the end. We've been through lots together. So it sounds like it. So, so you have multiple brands Mm -hmm. and Normally on this podcast, I dive into the values and the differences people want to make first, but you've got such an interesting array of brands and activities. I'd like to kind of dive in first on the business side of things and just, you know, I gave the, the quick overview, but maybe you can summarize how the, how your different brands weave together, if, if at all. Yeah. Sure. Well, do you want to start? Yeah. <laughs> So we have the CD Collective, which is like our OG business. It's what started this whole thing. Um, and originally it was just me and Courtney doing events. And we quickly realized, uh, you know, over a few years that we would, we'd love to grow it. We were getting more business than we could handle. So we started slowly adding team members. And I think it was about two and a, two years ago, like right before the pandemic, um, we just realized that our team members were probably better than us at this point, actually. Oh, they totally <laughs> and, better. And they were kind of hitting that plateau. There's only so much that you could do without what's short of them opening their own company. And we love the team. We love the girls. And so we brought them in and we said, Hey, you know what? We want to be partners in this. And so we restructured how we did it. So they basically have their own brands under our umbrella brand. Um, and they are partners. We don't call them our employees. They are our partners. Um, in the collective. And so we launched, we kind of rebranded, launched that. Um, and then the Bradford is our wedding venue. It's a space. Um, and we do not plan exclusively there. We actually cap the amount of events that our team can work there because we are all about being inclusive and letting other people have the opportunity to work at that space. I think it's twofold. Great. Like one, it allows us to have better relationships in the industry, but two, it creates such a diversity of clients and of aesthetic that we appeal to everybody. Like, because mm-hmm. if you have one planner always planning, you kind of plan the same thing over and over and over again. Um, right. The Bradford is going on its seventh year right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have Anthem House, which we just launched like a couple months ago, actually. And it is our luxury planning company. So two of our collective roles 
branched out and opened up a luxury planning company that only services um, seven, eight clients a year. They're super high end, very intense, huge production events. Yeah. And then hustle and gather. Yeah. So that was kind of our, out of all of that, um, we realized that there was lots of people in our industry that were coming to us for advice, seeking us out for our expertise, like how we build our team, um, how we do business, how we structure things. And we really realized that we loved coaching people in that way and informing people in that way. And also, I think that one of the things for Hustle and Gather is it really speaks to our brand and who we are is, yes, we are business owners and Mm -hmm. we are women in business, which I think is unique in itself. For sisters, we are all about the team. Um, But we're just like everybody else, mm-hmm. right? We know nothing was given to us. Mm-hmm. We were teachers when we started. We both cashed out teaching retirement, put it in the Bradford, lost a business loan along the way, had to fix, finish it all with credit cards and Lowe's returns and what, all the other things, you know, and just kind of made it happen that we feel like with enough grit and tenacity, and if you believe in what you're doing enough, that anybody can do this. Mm-hmm. So Hustle and Gather really spoke to us wanting to motivate other people to pursue those huge dreams that seem unattainable and make it a little bit more approachable by normalizing all the crazy and being real about how it really happened and talk about, you know, the start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Or those times when you're like, what have I gotten myself into? Every entrepreneur hits those walls, no matter how successful they are. And so it was important for us to Mm -hmm. let other people know, like, it wasn't a fairy tale. This isn't Mm -hmm. like a you know, follow the yellow brick road type situation. Like we went through the forest and paddled through some mud and had to climb up a tree and, you know, all those things to get to where we are now. And everybody has that story. Mm-hmm. Yep. So how do you, so. how do you allocate your time between these different endeavors? Mm. It, it changes seasonally, to be honest. And so, daily. <laughs> yeah. We try, we try to, at the beginning of each quarter, really look at where we are at and we kind of assign each other tasks and roles. So, you know, right now, the season that we're in, um, Courtney is handling a little bit more of like the collective management side and handling a little bit more of our event director um, at the Bradford because you're training new people. We both are tackling our two new trained uh, collective members. Hustle and gather. I think I take on a little more of like the, the scheduling PR stuff of that and like kind of handle that where she handles a lot more of just the finances, um, making sure everything, everyone's getting paid and where everything needs to get reallocated. And, and sometimes that shifts, but we've been in those roles, I think for the past year. And I think it's been working out pretty well, yeah. but it's, it's a lot. I mean, some days you're like a fire, a fireman, like you're just putting out fires. Like you have the best laid plans and you're like, we have 16 people basically that report to us. So any given day, any handful of them needs something from us. So even though you have your schedule, sometimes it is usurped by what is needed at the time. And how do do you monitor performance? Like it sounds like you've for, for a couple of the businesses Mm -hmm. anyway, you've got other people who are doing the operational stuff. So how do you Mm -hmm. keep your finger on what's happening, you know, financially customer experience, consistency, you know, team management, things like that. Yeah, we, well, we do annual reviews with our employees to talk about what's working and what's not working. But every one of our teams, we have a team meeting every week. We bring it to the table, like what happened? Because it's events. So the Bradford will do 110 events, 110 weddings by the end of this year. So every weekend there's 
information to digest about what happened that weekend yeah. and whatnot. So we'll talk about what worked, what didn't work, what was a great thing. We'll talk about sales. Where's our sales goal? We all have a communal goal. How are reviews going? You know, how are like upcoming like alcohol sales going? Like we talk about all of those things every week. And so from the client perspective, we do have exit surveys. So we want to know why they book. So after they book, we do a booking survey. Like, what did you love about it? Is there anything that we can improve on? How was your tour? You know, that's just really data for us to understand. Like, what should we be highlighting? If they're saying, like, we consistently got, I kept, I booked because of the terrace. And so we just highlighted the terrace more often on our social media, mm-hmm. because that's what people wanted to see us. We saw that was drawing them to the Bradford. The exit inter- the exit survey is again, the same thing. Like, what did you love? What do you feel like we could improve on? And it's a place to sound off. Like if something didn't go great, I want them to sound off there and not on the internet. And right. so, and normally if, if we had an issue, like I can call that person and say, I am so sorry this happened. This is something that, you know, we were responsible for. What can I do to make this right? And normally those situations then turn into a client that now consistently like recommends us because of the way we handled something. Cause no wedding's perfect. I mean, you're dealing with emotions, you're dealing with tons of vendors and things go wrong. And it's important for us. We just take uh, responsibility for that and we try to fix it the best that we can. Yeah. And we work also, we, we have a full-time idea, marketer on our team as well. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> yeah. I was saying we have a full-time marketer on our team mm-hmm. too. So she's in on all these meetings as well. So whatever we're trying to push, move, whatever on those things. Um, for the four brands, it just made sense. That's something that Dana and I don't love doing. And it was just made sense at that time to hire somebody full-time for that. Mm -hmm. So talk about that as bringing in a full-time marketer for a lot of people as they grow, that's a, that's a big move, right? Uh, Cause that's not a directly Mm -hmm. revenue generating employee that usually is fairly, you know, gets a decent salary. How, how, how big a decision was that or how tough was it to reach that decision? Mm. Um, it wasn't tough at the time because we knew that we were walking and we were getting ready to launch the fourth brand. And like, we were, maxed. we were done. We were maxed out. Yeah. Like we couldn't do it. Well, we couldn't hit all our, all the goals, marketing goals, uh, that we had at the time. And so it just, it felt really natural. Like it wasn't, um, it wasn't pain as painful as I thought it would have been. It would have been oh, painful but, five years ago, mm-hmm. but it really made sense when we did it. Yeah. And like for us, like we always had marketing as a job description and, you know, in in small business and in new businesses, it's always what makes logical sense for you to connect to that sales. So for the longest time, our marketer for the Bradford was also our sales manager, because again, they're seeing that booking uh, survey, they're seeing what the clients are saying on the tours and they're more in touch with what's, with what someone's looking for um, than say our event director, who's just executing the day. Um, and then it came to a point where the sales job was just too big. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a 40 hour a week job and then marketing was starting to kind of slide. And so then we were like, well, marketing is the only way that sales is going to be successful. So it's like this like circle, like a catch 22 in mm-hmm. a way. Um, and so for us, we also have incentives, like our, our marketing person makes commission on sales because they effectively generate the sales. And so it allowed us to come up with a with a pay that we felt was really fair. It was a living wage, but also a way for them to like earn more money. The harder they work at it, the more they put themselves out there, the more that they try to these marketing campaigns, the more sales are going to make, the more money they're going to make. Right. 
just 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 before I forget, I mean, the, it looks and sounds like a beautiful place. So just if people are interested in coming to it's North Carolina where uh, where it exists. So where would yeah. people go to find out about this venue? Our, uh, at um, Instagram would be at the Bradford NC and on uh web page would be www.thebradfordnc.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So if you're looking for a great place to get married in North Carolina, there's, there's a place to go. Um, now, because the two of you are so yeah. involved, I'm sure your stamp is on everything across all the brands. So why do your clients love dealing with you? No false humidi- humi- humility. You know, what makes events you're involved with so special or what makes the process of dealing with, with you so attractive? Mm, yeah. I mean, and that, that uh, we've done a lot of kind of deep dive into that because Dana and I personally have like extricated ourselves from the day to day. So for a while, they're like, oh, I want to book the sisters, right? I want the founders, like I want Courtney and Dana. So it was creating our brand in a way that promoted the people who work under us and for us, uh, as opposed to us. So we really went and did a, uh, like a mission statement. We kind of yeah. did a deep dive as to like, what, what do we stand for? And we are um, all about service. We're all about uh, making your day unique and special and having attitude of humility uh, when servicing our clients. Like we're very client forward. And I think the Bradford's a beautiful space, but it's a very warm space. And it's not just because of the way that it's designed. It's designed warmly, but our staff is very warm and genuine and cares very much about all of those events that happen there. It's not just like, you're not just an event to us. You're just not a day. We understand the gravity of what you're entrusting us with. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, their wedding day to them is the most important day of their life. Mm-hmm. And we understand that. Well, and I think too, like kind of piggybacking on that, like when you are, when your name is on something and you have these employees going out for you, it is really nerve wracking. And so for us, it was always really important that we connected with our employees mm-hmm. on a level of, as not just a boss, we are their boss and they respect us as a boss, but we also love them dearly. We celebrate them. We celebrate everything. We celebrate every baby, every wedding, every achievement. I mean, we get texts all the time. I just booked this and everyone's mm-hmm. just cheering each other on. Like we show up at each other's open houses. We pop in on their weddings when they say they need help. Like we're not afraid to do the dirty work with them. And so for them, the most awful thing that could happen to them is not something going wrong on a wedding day, but them disappointing us. Like for a vendor to contact us and say, Hey, your person that was here did not live up to what we thought a CD, you know, collective person should be, or your Bradford person wasn't, didn't have the same hospitality mission that we know that you guys have. And so I feel Mm -hmm. like they move forward in a way that they, they feel that way. And they, and I think they care for us deeply enough to, you know, represent the brand. Well, yeah, that's, that's brilliant to have your vendors care about your brand that much. You must, you must treat them well. Yeah. So where yes. is your, well, where is your there... passion now? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's a great. That's, that's fine. Uh, our passion now, I think, is definitely uh, much more into that team building. I think we have recognized how the only reason why we are as successful as we are now is because we have built a team. It's because we have honestly uh, taken less money for a very long time for ourselves and have poured it into our staff and poured it into training in order to get us to a place where, where we want to be and like where we are successful. Yeah, Cause it's very important. I think 
that the business works for us. It's not just us working for the business. Like we wanted to build a brand that we cared about. We want, we have a team that we care about, but also like our availability of time and lifestyle was very important to us. And we knew from the onset that very early on that we didn't want to do it all. Like we did not have any delusions of grandeur that we were the only ones can do it. Like that is not what we wanted. So Right. And so, so how does the, like, who do you, who, what is your target market or target markets for that, that training and consultancy and what kind of training or advisory services do you provide? Yeah. So anyone that's looking to scale uh, by way of building a team. So it could be like creating uh, creative hiring practices, like looking at where their pain points are and talking about like how to hire in a way that is safe for them, uh, but could also inch their business along further. Looking at um, team infrastructure, like how the interpersonal dynamics affect team, how to utilize those personalities most effectively, how to make sure you're communicating in a way that they can hear, appreciating in a way that they can receive to get the most out of each employee. Because mm-hmm. it's a big investment. For most companies, people are their biggest investment that they're going to make in that company. Absolutely. You don't think that when you start off. You're like, oh, I just put in a multi-million dollar business. That's nothing compared to the people that you're going to pay to run that business, that building or whatever, you know? So I think that that's where I think a lot of people get it wrong is that that kind of turnover, that hiring, like it is very expensive. It's very time consuming and it's hard to move forward when you don't have the right people doing the right thing, but feel motivated towards building your brand like you are. And so, and do you so, focus on anyone that feels that industry? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely our sweet spot. That is where we see the most of our clients is in the hospitality industry, anywhere from like hotels to just any business that's client facing. Um, we've definitely consulted in the creative realm, someone who's trying just to grow a studio and figuring out how to like how to get a, a, just that step up. Um, but we are well-versed in hospitality. It is definitely our sweet spot and it's what we love, love to consult on. And is it local within your area or, could, or do you work with people anywhere? Yeah. yeah. could be remote. We go all over. Yeah. Um, so everything's so accessible now. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. 2020. I know. It's very much <laughs> like we just create the package that makes sense. So you know, we recently had a, like a venue console and we did some remote, we were there for a couple of days in the beginning in the middle and the end, and then did some zoom recorded zooms and whatnot, some phone calls and just kind of created a custom package that made sense for what they were trying to get done. Right. But if you're talking about like actual team training, like getting the team together in person is the best option. And we go all over for that. And so what, what kind of team trend, like, so you talk about recruit recruiting is more like a management consultancy pet on the right. team training. What do you do to get teams work? Is it, is it for culture building? Is it about team efficiency or is it more around team building? Like what's the, what's the kind of training you do? Yeah, I think it's more of culture building is how I would describe it. It's more looking at the different personalities, the different pain points on your team and being able to function more as a team in a more effective way to accomplish a communal goal. Yeah. And a lot of times it comes down to leadership and that's really hard for people to hear that you actually have a really solid team right here. They just aren't being led well. Um, Hmm. And so, and you, to us, it's, are you open? And that's a question. Are you open to real feedback? Like open to what, 
how you can genuinely make your team better. And there are some issues within the team. Sometimes you see like you have these two people working together and they are like the exact same Enneagram and therefore they butt heads all the time. Like they are just not a good partnership, but I can see how this person and this person would be a great partnership and just being open to readjusting. And I think the thing about small business in general is that everyone wears so many hats and sometimes someone's just wearing the wrong hat and someone's, mm-hmm. and they just need to switch. And it just makes all the difference in the world. So having that outside perspective and having, go ahead. Do you use any assessment tools to help um, gain those insights? Yeah. Yeah. We use a couple of uh, uh, personality uh, tests to start us off. And then we just kind of go a little bit deeper into like a worksheet that helps us understand them a little bit better and kind of what makes them tick, what drives them, what motivates them. You would think that every employee is motivated by money, and that's actually mm-hmm. not true. Not true no. at all. <laughs> a lot of people are not motivated by money. Um, so just trying to figure out like what like what makes them tick. Can you share? Can you share a, a I don't know case study, maybe too formal a word, but just a story of of a team that's been impacted by what you've done. Well, I, I just spoke to somebody yesterday, actually, and she's a, she was a solopreneur. She's a planner in our community. And she had a couple of people that were working under her and she was really having a hard time with all of the reschedules that we've had lately. Um, the, the funny thing about 2020 is I thought there was a lot of goodwill in our, in our industry for moving clients to new dates, but it de- definitely wasn't the best business practice in terms of financial flow and whatnot, and the amount of work that was associated with basically replanning an event for free. Like everyone's expectation was that you weren't going to charge them because of this, you know, thing that was out of everybody's control. Right. And and there's so many emotions in general around weddings and these big events, you throw in a pandemic and it's just pandemonium literally. Um, So we were talking with a, um, one of our clients and she was just having a really hard time with how she was just structuring the communication and pay with one of her employees. And we really got down to the nitty gritty and like talked about like what made sense during that time. And she completely changed her pay structure, her contracts, how she associates with that person. So that person felt like they were being compensated for the time that they were putting in. And she felt like she was being compensated and supported by this employee. And she just told me yesterday on the phone, I was driving back from Charleston, uh, how well that worked for her. So moving her, she basically was moving her from a W-2 to a contract situation that makes more sense for her in terms of like, I don't feel like I'm working all of these hours uh, without being compensated because she was a salaried employee, but yeah, I can pick the contracts that I want to pick and choose. And it's just kind of like, this is the blanket percentage that you're getting overall. So it just really helped with their interaction and also made them both feel appreciated, you know, for what they're bringing to the table. Well done. Now you said, you yeah. said um, elsewhere that you feel um, like kindness, honesty, transparency is somewhat lacking in the entrepreneurial world. And that's one of the, that's one of the things that drives you. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Like where does, where have you seen that lack of kindness, et cetera, show up and you know, how does it affect both the entrepreneur and those they serve? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I felt like when we actually, well, I think every industry has this. Um, I, I think it's not unique to the events world at all, but I just remember walking into our very first event and meeting our first vendors and just 
a cold shoulder if someone else like, oh, it's another planner, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you would, you know, we're, we're kind, we're nice people. We're very like sociable. We're trying to like make these connections. And there were some people that were fantastic, but wonderful. And they became our people, but there's always those people that are so afraid of competition and so afraid of you taking, you know, their business that when you want to have an honest conversation say like, well, how did you do this? Like, how did you get here? And I'm not talking about proprietary information. I'm not saying like, how do you do your, your, whatever. It's like a, a normal, a normal problem that everyone has. And they're telling you just BS. Like they're telling you like, oh, I booked 50 weddings my my very first year and I quit my full-time job and I now make six figures. And you're like, and are they like, there's, I don't even know how they, I don't know how they did that. I know the industry charges. It's over the longest time. You're just thinking there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously you're doing something wrong because this person had this amazing success story in six months. And therefore you are failing and you're not good enough and you shouldn't be doing this. So it just... And when really, when it comes down to, and you have a, com- a conversation with somebody else, you're like, it's not like that. Like it took me four or five years to feel confident enough to quit my full-time job, or I did quit, quit my full-time job, but I had a partner who like supported me and I was able not to make it. I didn't have to make as much money. You know, when you start getting into it, the truth really starts coming out and you're like, oh, okay, well, this is a normal path to take. Like, I get it. Like this is, this isn't, I'm not really failing. I, I just haven't been someone hasn't told me the truth. essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think also when it comes to just like being honest and transparent, that's mm-hmm. one of the tactics that we use a lot with um, our employees mm-hmm. and building our team. Like when we're having a hard time, like, I mean, we're not, you know, like I do the, the sky is falling. Right? right. But like, Hey, like it's tough. Like 2020, there was moments where like, it was tough. Like we're reining it in, like use your credit card sparingly. Like we need to make sure that we're doing X, Y, Z, or we uh, we finished a huge remodel right at the beginning of 2020 and we laid the sod. Like it just made sense at that time. We couldn't do a single event. We had all these employees. Uh, nothing was happening on property. We got the sod. We laid it out there. Like it's like, this is time for us to band together. Why are we doing this? Because it's paying for your paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing at this time. And then not one of our employees signed up to do landscaping, you know, like they're all, I don't know, 20 something women with college degrees that wear heels a lot of days, you know? So, but they were so invested that it was, a, I mean, it was a great day. Got some pizzas, got some beers. We, yeah. Everyone brought their significant others and we banged it out and it would just ended up being nice. an amazing, you know, bonding experience, but it was what had to happen mm-hmm. to be able to make it to the next month at that time, mm-hmm. you know? So we, we didn't have $50,000 to pay for sod. Right. We talked a bit around this in a more specific way from about like, what's the difference you want to make in the world with your businesses? Like if you could almost say, uh, you know, looking back, I was proud because we contributed this in the world. Yeah, I, we, I mean, it's tough because I think it's multi, multi-level, multifaceted. Like there's definitely the people we interact with every day and those are our employees. We want to be amazing fair mm-hmm. bosses. Like we pay for everybody's healthcare. We make sure everybody has annual raises. We make sure that when they need, like they come on our team, you get four weeks off, right? Like we want to make it. sure that your yeah. time is compensated right. and that you don't feel beholden to here. But when you are here, we want you fully present. I want for my employees to feel empowered to bring their dreams to me. It's mm-hmm. like, Hey, I want to do this. Like I see this vision. Can we do go in this direction? And they do like Anthem house was born from that, from a, 
CND employee that's been with us for 15 years. And she was like, Hey, I want to do luxury weddings. Can you help me start this? And we're like, yes, we'll start it, but we'll start it as a partner. Like, I don't, we don't, we're not even the majority shareholder in that. We're like, this is your baby. We will invest in it. We want to be a silent partner at this point. Right. But go do it. Like we believe in you and we're going to make it all happen. So it's really something amazing to have amazing people that work for you that you look up to. You're like, you're amazing at what you do, like way better than I ever could be at what you do. And they work for you. Right. So I don't want to ever present a space that feels like a ceiling to them. So a lot of our business, like in the very small realm of things is to create spaces for our employees to grow and go. And so we continue to make business for them to move into. Right. I think in the larger realm of things, like it is a big deal for us to impact our community at large. Mm-hmm. Like the Bradford is in a small little quaint, not very affluent community right. here. And it's a big deal for us to make a difference to those around us. Like as what we do now, we, we um, sponsor the father-daughter dance for our local school. We sponsor the right. eighth grade graduation, the eighth grade dances. We just had a community meeting here for mm-hmm. uh, really like a fight about it. <laughs> Mobile. An argument, is an argument about it. an RV park that wants to come in, but whatever, we create a very beautiful space for them to argue in. And so like just being able to support the community, however we can. Um, and then I think a little bit more globally, like we are, are really passionate about um, Interact, which is a charity mm-hmm. in Raleigh that um, helps victims of domestic violence, like rehoming them, mm-hmm. giving them the resource to get out of abusive situations. Uh, we do a, a silent auction for them every year with, and all those proceeds go to interact. Mm-hmm. We sponsor them monthly. And um, we've done that. Like, I think since the very beginning, since we yeah. didn't have any money, like it was right. like, we're going to give back from the very beginning. Yeah. It was a big deal to us. And I think and we've talked a lot about like, you know, we're, we're in a really healthy place. I mean, we're doing great in sales or pulling in, you know, seven figures and, you know, and we've talked about, okay, what's our next step? Because we're always dreamers. And mm-hmm. I, we were just talking about this weekend. I was like, and it's not because I want to make more money. It's because I feel great with what we're doing. And I, I know how to make money and I want to take that. And I want to do something amazing with it. Like whether that is, I mean, Courtney mentioned the school, it's an old school. It needs to be renovated. It needs computers. It needs smart boards. It needs, so much that these kids just don't have. And I was like, I would love to be able to walk in there and do something amazing for this community and change the cycle of poverty that these kids are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's very, very diverse. You have, you know, socio, which is great. I mean, it's, it's amazing, but they've supported all five of our kids right. from the very beginning. And it's a little K through eight. 250 kids school. So it's like going to a private school. Everyone knows and everybody. A, and it's a great school. It's a great like, little community. The teachers are great. The administration's great. Mm-hmm. Like we love it, but we would love to do something that is impactful just in our little community. And then That's who fantastic. knows, right? Yeah. Who knows from there? I think right. it all just goes from there. Like life's, I always say life's a windy road and you just, when you're presented to an opportunity, we'd like to be poised to be able to help and take that opportunity. So mm-hmm. It would be like getting the whole community involved in a different kind of sod laying activity. That's right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, so where can people, if they want to engage you with, you know, training or consulting for their teams, uh, like it sounds like you've, you've done, I mean, I, I love your story because it's, you're, you're moving into an area that you've obviously had success with yourself. You, you've created a great team environment in all your businesses mm-hmm. And now that's, so it's not coming from a place of theory. It's coming from a place of having been there, done that. Right. Um, right. Now, do, actually, before I ask where people can get you, do you ever find 
the possibility that that's a constraint. Like one of the, <clears throat> one of the things I've observed sometimes is that, you know, if, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? So when you've done something mm-hmm. one way, a lot of there's consultants and coaches who tend to think there's only one way of doing it because it was the way they did it. Um, like how have you managed to expand your perspective on that to be flexible enough? Cause I'm, I'm gathering from speaking to you, you would have that facility, but how have you managed to just expand from your own experience to, to a more general application of those kinds of ideas? I think that's a really great question. I think the biggest thing is we surround ourselves with lots of teams. Um, we are, we, I, I serve on the, on a, on the president of a, of a board, um, of a national association of catering and events and, uh, for my local chapter. And that has been eye opening. Like the way I manage that team is very different than the way I manage this team. So I think giving, putting yourself in different mm-hmm. positions where you are around teams often, I think education is huge. Like I'm never going to discount another person speaking about teams and me not being able like you can always learn something from somebody else. It's, it's really taking the attitude of, I am not actually the expert um, because I can learn so much from everybody else all the time. And all I can tell you is this is what I know works well. Um, and there are certain circumstances where, you know, we've been presented with things and we look at it and we're like, okay, this isn't, this is a little bit not what we would do for our team, but we can see how this would work really well with this group of people, you know, based on psychology and, you know, just learning about how people work. So I think there is, there's always, there's not one thing for every single person. Right. And I, and I think that every circumstance is different. Like our availability to funds early on was like little to none. Right. Right. So we had to be very creative creative. with how we hired a team. If we were to say, we've talked about this often, like, oh, maybe we're going to open another venue. Maybe that's in the future. And we've gone down that trail a couple of times, just haven't found the perfect thing. That would look very different than how we open the Bradford because our availability to fund it is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean I wouldn't look for similar personalities or, you know, different tra- same traits and the employees that I have, but my ability to just kind of like jump in and start and like kickstart it would be much, much different than if I were talking to somebody say that was like a solopreneur and Mm -hmm. their food dependent on everything that they make, right? Mm -hmm. Like that might look a little bit different than if you're talking about someone that's coming in with a million dollar investor to start a team or start an organization. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to think about what makes sense for the client that you're serving at that time. And everybody's at a different place. So it's really important that your client feels comfortable mm-hmm. talking to you honestly because we've gotten right. into consoles or people just haven't been honest right. about where they are because they want to posture in a way that's actually not true, you know, uh, and that's not helpful in a consulting right. environment. But when people are honest and you know exactly where they are and they're open to your feedback, I think that's when we can be the most helpful. Mm-hmm. So nice. So you've got the Hustle and Gather podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's yep. what the focus of that is. Is it on the hospitality industry or just entrepreneurship nope. general? It's inspiring the everyday entrepreneur yeah. to take those leaps. So we talk to other entrepreneurs that kind of made their own way. We talk about what's their oh shit moment. What was that moment when they're like, I'm in over my head. How did you get out of it? And then the next week we dissect it together. We have what we call conversations with sisters. And we talk about that episode in detail. And we're like, this is what I got from it. This is what I got from it. Reflect on our stories and our, you know, it's personal, very real. It's very, very real. authentic. Yeah. It's very transparent. We don't really hold. We have the E on there. We do. It's constantly explicit explicit, a little bit, you know, because that's just who we are. That's sometimes. who we are. <laughs> so if people, are you looking for guests or if there's people listening yeah. who would yes. find it interesting, where can they find out about it? 
So um, anywhere you get podcasts, so yeah. hustle and gather. Mm-hmm. It's hustle, hustle plus gather. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you can find us on Instagram at hustle and gather and uh, DM us if you want to. And we, but we have, we are always looking for guests. I think uh, our ideal guest is just someone who has an interesting story um, mm-hmm. and normally overcame something to get where they are today. Um, but everyday entrepreneur, doesn't matter mm-hmm. how you guys started, what you're doing. Doesn't matter if it's a side Etsy hustle that's taken off. Like, you know, we're very interested in that. Yeah, we've spoken to like advertisers. We've spoken to someone who's in the fashion industry mm-hmm. and stopped or quit her high fashion job to create sustainable, sustainable jewelry. Yeah. We talked to a, um, like an Oracle once yeah. that he does tarot readings and whatnot mm-hmm. for clients. And so it's really vast. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I hope people check it out. And as far as yeah. for, for your consulting work, yeah. where do they find you for that? Also hustle and gather. Yeah, hustleandgather.com. There's a, a contact page. You just fill it out and mm-hmm. we'll get back to you. And is it in your URL hustle plus gather or hustle ampersand or hustle and word? That's that's and hustle and word, word and. Yes. hustle a and d. Just want to make sure people are getting the right, yeah, I know. The right location. I know. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I always finish off with three questions. Um okay. So one question is what, what quality in you, so each of you can answer it independently, but what quality in you had, you think has been most, most responsible for your success? Oh, that's a great one. Answer for each other. I know we should answer Mm -hmm. for each other. (laughs) Um, I think for me, uh, I, I think the fact that I love people has been a great success for me. Like I can talk to a brick wall. Um, even if we disagree on everything, there is something that we have in common and I can normally find that out. And I think my ability to create connections with people and to create relationships has been what has driven us um, to be so successful, honestly, I think. Yeah. Um, I would probably say I am a consummate optimist and I have a lot of tenacity. Like you're not getting me down. Like it is going to happen. Mm-hmm. If I say it's going to happen, it's going to happen like hell or high water. It's I might true. have to implement like a team or a person to make it happen, but it's going to go. So I think just being able to have a forward momentum, positive mm-hmm. attitude, um, being able to like, you know, take the hits, but keep on moving, I think is important. Mm-hmm. And what one quality have you really had to overcome or address that may have held you back? Mm, My pride. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, I think pride is a huge thing. I think admitting when you're wrong, um, it was really hard in the beginning to take ownership for our mistakes because I felt like I could justify them. Like, oh, well, this person's upset. Well, because X, Y, Z happened, it wasn't my fault. But at the end of the day, when I realized that if I just owned up to it, I fixed it. I learned from it. It drastically changed everything about our business. It became better because of it. Yeah. I was going to say procrastination for me. Like literally I think of something and then I want it to happen immediately. And it's like all the little steps that really kind of bogged me down and working with Dana for however many years, 20 plus years has realized that has helped me to realize the importance of all of the the planning and all the steps that lead up to that end result. But sometimes I just, I get bogged down and it's hard for me to start. So, but over. And then the last question is, it's a variation. I asked you about, you know, sort of the impact you want to have in the business, but at a personal level for what do you want to be remembered? Mm -hmm. 
don't know. I think it is, I, I have two words, but it's our family values that we tell our kids all the time is I want to remember that I was an honest person and I was a kind person. Um, that I was on how we operate our business and I was kind to everyone that came in contact with me. That's what I hope I leave on this world. Yeah. Nice. Um, Dana's like, what is she going to say? I don't know what you're going to say. I know. Uh, I think I want to be an empowering person. For me, it is about empowering other people to take those big jumps, Mm -hmm. take those leaps. I live by the philosophy that I'm going to regret the things that I don't do much more than I'm going to regret the things that I do. Mm -hmm. And I think you should go for it. Like you just need to do it. Like life is too short. You got this one shot. And like, I want everyone else to feel that feeling of looking at something that you have worked so hard for dream so big for and see it come to fruition. Like it is a feeling like no other. Mm -hmm. She's the best nice. cheerleader. You mm-hmm. can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, you know, it will, I haven't actually disclosed this before when I've asked those questions. One of the reasons I, I like those questions is because it ties in, I think for people who are listening, that the authenticity behind everything else you've said, mm-hmm. like it isn't what I got out of that little last conversation <laughs> was everything that's driven your business comes from a real place. Like Mm -hmm. anything, it's not marketing. And that's one of the things that I love about entrepreneurs who are values driven Mm -hmm. is that there's such an authenticity behind the philosophy behind their business uh, rooted in kind of who they are and what they want to become. And that's, I think that's wonderful. So I really, I I thank you for the story. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks for being here on the podcast. And again, anybody who wants to reach out for some training or consulting in the hospitality industry or beyond, go to Hustle and gather.com and go there as well if you want to check out their podcast which sounds absolutely fantastic thanks for being here all right thank, thank you, you so much for having us. hi it's warren Coglin here thank you so much for listening to the business that matters spotlight if you're a successful values-driven entrepreneur who makes a difference while making a profit and you'd like to be on this program please visit warrencoglin.com slash podcast slash apply That's Warren, C-O-U-G-H-L-I-N.com slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you do us a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag business that matters spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, warrencoglin.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, facebook.com slash a business that matters, and Instagram at warren.coglin. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.